What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. to this special edition of the X-Cast. The truth is in here. I'm your host, Sarah Blair, and I'd like to welcome our very special guest, co-writer of season 11's episode. Should I say like the technical name or can I just call it followers? That's the translation. You can call them followers. (laughs) I don't know how you could possibly say the technical name. So if you've got something, I'd love to hear it. Miss Shannon Hamplin, thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. you. Thank you so much for talking to me. Absolutely. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, let's get started. Uh, I would love to know how you got involved with writing this episode. I know that one of the words that keeps coming up time and again about the X-Files and production is the word family. So how were you welcomed into the X-Files family? How did you get started on the path to becoming co-writer for this episode? Oh, wow. That sounds so nice. Glenn Morgan read a, a feature script that I wrote, and this was probably four or f- maybe closer to five years ago now. And wow, I can't believe it's that long. But um, he read a script that I wrote and he reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in maybe making this into a TV series? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. So he and I kind of developed, uh, he, he became a mentor for me, really. And he kind of guided me through the process of turning that feature script into a TV series. And then, you know, we just had a really great working relationship. So when Lore came along, he asked me if I'd like to come along with him and be his assistant on Lore and be the writer's assistant on Lore. And then after Lore ended, he asked if I wanted to come and be the writer's assistant on the x And then it, they're just all of a sudden one day it was like, hey, would you like to write an episode with Kristen? And Kristen, his wife, has worked with him on several different projects. And she's an actress and a writer. And so we were like, yeah, we'd love to do this. I had met her several times and... Like I said, Glenn really became a mentor for me. So I I think I sort of got in by being kind of part of his family first. And then he brought me into the X-Files family. So that's really cool. It's really cool. Awesome. We kind of have. Yeah. Yeah. um, I know Aaron Mankey kind of threw a mutual friend. So one of my writer buddies um, 
is friends with him. So that's kind of a cool connection there too. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron's great. Yeah. He's awesome. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, so how did the actual, like, how did the, how did you guys get started on deciding to write this episode together? Was it, was it Glenn's idea? Was it Kristen Cloak's idea or how did that come about? Well, Glenn, you know, was also had, um, you know, he was show running half of the season. He had another episode to write himself and direct. So he was back and forth to Vancouver and he basically just, you know, had a conversation with us and said, okay, so I'm kind of thinking, you know, the birds, but with drones <sighs> and, you know, technology and I like this other show, um, Duel, which was Spielberg's, you know, um, one of his first, I guess, movies. It was a TV movie. He's like, so I kind of like that. And I'm kind of thinking this. So he kind of threw out a couple of ideas that were very general and broad. And then he would say, I want a fireball. And I want, you know, and he just kind of threw out some things. And then from there, Kristen and I tried to put a story together. <laughs> yeah. um, he did say no dialogue. Yeah. He said no dialogue from the beginning. Yeah. I don't want any dialogue. We tried, We basically sat together and put the story together. And then we'd pitch Glenn. This is our story. And he'd give us thoughts and notes. And then we'd get back to the drawing board and then go back to him again and pitch him <laughs> our new ideas. And he'd say, all right, move this here and switch that around and do this. And then, you know, we eventually ended up with, with the, the script. That's cool. So how was that process kind of, can you go a little bit more detail about that? Like what did you guys come up with an outline? Did you do storyboard? Um, I guess with less dialogue, it was probably more storyboarding, right? Well, you know, from being the writer's assistant in the room with all the other guys and, and having worked through their episodes, I got a, a feel for the way they work, which is with cards. They do the index yeah. cards. So you build the story out per act with uh, the index cards. And so that's basically how we worked. And Kristen and I had like, a hundred cards. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And we were like, okay, we have all these cards, but we know this is way too much. But, you know, it was like every single second of the story, not beat by beat. You know, we really tried to, you know, make sure that we were really playing out the visual story clearly, especially in order to present it to Glenn and then present it to Fox so that everyone had a feel for what, what we were doing and where we were going. So it was an outline based from index cards. So I know Mulder and Scully are such iconic characters and in a great part that's due to their dialogue. And a lot of that I know is improv occasionally by Duchovny and Anderson. Were you relieved or disappointed to be writing an episode with so little dialogue I don't know that I cared I think Kristen cared more than I did because she loves she's uh she's a self-proclaimed very wordy and she loves dialogue I think I was just really excited to be writing an episode that 
was just different, you know? And I, I don't think I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it ever it crossed my mind or bothered me or I don't think I had, I'm, I'm all about story anyways. I love a good story and that's all I cared about was that it was going to be a good yeah, story. This was definitely a great one. So, um, were you originally a fan of the X-Files? Did you watch from the beginning? Like how, oh, yeah. how did that play into all of this? Like, were you really excited to be invited on this because you were a fan originally? Oh, yeah. And, and how did, how did your, what was the, like, what was the first episode you remember seeing? I love asking that question because it's, it's different for everyone. So I have the worst memory <laughs> about that kind of stuff. I it mean, was a while ago. I don't blame you if you don't remember. I'm so bad with time. I mean, I just, I, I, and I lose my memory on certain things and then the weirdest things I, I, I can't seem to forget. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really remember. I just know, you know, I remember being, my mother is such a fan of science fiction. She is, and she's the most perfect, beautiful kind of fan because she is not, she's not a critic. She loves all of it. Yeah. So I kind of learned from a young age that like, you know, things that were absurd or maybe didn't make total sense or that were out there were, were actually cool and kind of brilliant in that someone could th make something up that, that has something kind of grounded in it. So I just remember watching all kinds of crazy things with my mom and certainly the X-Files until I, I, I think I, I did, hadn't seen the last couple of seasons because I didn't have a television mm -hmm. at that time. And then it was just kind of sporadic, but it was an iconic show for me even still. And I think, um, you know, when I was asked to write an episode. I was really chill about it. I was like, yeah, I mean, sure, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't care. Because I didn't want to be super dorky about it. Then, of course, like, I went home and I cried. <laughs> so, you know, it did mean a lot right. to me. It, it meant everything to me, for sure. That's so yeah. cool. So how, how would you say the show influenced you as a writer, if at all? Like, did you feel like... I mean, clearly, if you cried about this, was like a dream come true for you. Yeah. But did Did you like when, when you were writing your um, screenplay and all that? Did it have those influences from that? Like, how did you learn storytelling and stuff like that for you? Well, everything I write has a strong female lead who is in some form of the sciences. So that's definitely, you know, the, the thing that Glenn read of mine, she's a microbiologist. And, you know, the thing that I'm writing, it, she's a psychiatrist. I have another screenplay I wrote about a young woman who's a quantum physicist. You know, I, so I think for sure it had an influence on me in feeling like strong female women who had that level of intelligence and, you know, had a place in a world that was mostly dominated by men always was thrilling to me. I'm 
the youngest. I have two older brothers. I have something crazy like eight immediate family kind of cousins, and they're all boys as well. So I was the only girl amongst all of these young boys, and I had to hold my own against them. And it was empowering to be be in that world and 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 work so hard to be seen as a, an equal. And I I love that. I mean, I, I wish it didn't have to be that way. I wish you didn't have to work so hard to be seen as an equal, but it was always a challenge that inspired me. And I was like, oh, I'll show them. I'll show you, you know? <laughs> and it was so for sure I I think I think that's a mass appeal to the X Files is Scully and how she she wasn't the dreamer even. She was the scientific, you know, intelligent source, you know, and, and I, I think that certainly has influenced everything I write. Same here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So when you got to, like, be on this production, did you feel like you were more a peer like welcomed into the group as like a peer and that you didn't have to fight quite so hard for that? Or did you, you know, how, how did that work out? Glenn has always treated me as an equal, as a, you know, again. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And he, he's, he's a mentor for me. So I, I certainly go to him for all kinds of advice all the time. I probably annoy him. And it's like, okay, forever, I'm always going to bug you about things. So ha, ha, you're stuck with me, you know. So I, <laughs> I don't know how much he appreciates that. But he, you know, Glenn, Glenn is, has always treated me that way. I've never felt like I had to, you know, fight for any kind of uh, equality as a woman with him. And certainly you know, in the writer's room, I was the assistant. It's not my place to like fight for my equality. That's not (laughs) the position I was in. My job was to support. So, I mean, but I was treated with the utmost respect and I was never made to feel anything but like a valuable asset to the team. So in this particular situation I I never felt anything but welcomed and appreciated and I always felt like my voice was allowed to be heard even if it was you know denied (laughs) it was still I never felt like oh I better not say any I always said what I felt or what I thought and 
I, I never felt anything but it all good vibes there for sure. Yeah. Like a family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so great. So, all right. I have to talk a little bit about my favorite character on this episode, Scully's personal massager. Oh. <laughs> I laughed and laughed and laughed yeah. when that mm-hmm. came out from under the bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, how, how, tell me how that came to be. How did you guys have that idea? You know, tell me everything about that. Cause I really want to know about well, the, all the, details the funny about. thing about that is that, it wasn't something that we, you know, we had discussed it as a group because we had read an article about a company that sold personal massagers and they were tracking data from them. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Yeah. So we were like, <laughs> like, what even kind of data would you track from exactly. that? I don't want to know. Yeah, it was like, what? It just blew our oh minds. Like, and we talked yeah. about it like ad nauseum, like, well, do they want to know like when people use it or, <laughs> I mean, how the only thing they could really track is maybe when you turn it on and when you turn it off or do they know what room you're using it in? Like, are they trying to, oh I mean, it's just, yeah. It just made us wow. crazy. So, you know, we, I think it was just on all our minds to have all of the technology that could track you, you know, or that was collecting data on you and, you know, kind of the bigger umbrella of how that data is being shared. So, you know, it's funny because that wasn't in our cards and then Kristen and I kind of went off to write and then we both came back in different scenes with the personal massager <laughs> in different scenes. And we were talking about it. We were laughing. I was like, I put a personal massager in too. She's like, so did I. And, <laughs> you know, it ended up that was, you know, her scene because it just was just a better connection for everything. I didn't have, but we both, I I think we were all just dead set on having because that that story just blew yeah. us away. Like how how is this device tracking data? How rude, you know? <laughs> like, is there yes. no privacy? Apparently not. You know that clearly one step beyond anything we had ever could ever <laughs> even fathom. Well, that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about this episode was the feeling of like when they're at Scully's house and at Mulder's house and home is where you're supposed to feel the most Mm -hmm. safe. And, you know, now we've invited these artificial intelligent beings into our lives. I mean, at my house, I've got Alexa in three rooms and I can tell her to turn the lights on and off and she does it. And, while it's convenient when I've got my hands full with the kids and whatever's going on, it's also a little bit terrifying because, you know, my husband used to work, he still works in technology, so he knows how it all works. And I mean, one time we were sitting there talking about, because we had moved from California to Georgia and we were talking about it. And I mean, on the TV (laughs) came up an ad two minutes after we were talking about living in Georgia for a real estate company based in Georgia. Yeah. 
And we were in California. And I looked at him. I was like, what is happening? He goes, oh, yeah, that's the thing now. Like, our TV is going to start listening to what we're saying. I'm like, what? Because he worked for a TV company. And, oh, it was really freaky. So, I mean, that's what our life is going to be like. And now they've got smart refrigerators and, and all these crazy things. And, I mean... Are we safe? I don't know. This episode is going to haunt me forever now. <laughs> this is going to be like Donnie Faster, like freaking me out about my hairbrush. And so like, how, how did you feel about writing the episode that was so, you know, about this stuff? Like, how did you even want to, like, do you have this stuff at your house? Like, are you well te- technologically savvy? Or? I mean, you know, it's really funny because... My boyfriend, whom I live with, he bought an Alexa and randomly, this is really bizarre too, randomly the day it was delivered, we received two. And he was like, I ordered an Alexa, but my dad also bought us an Alexa. And I was like, wow, okay, so let's try it out. And I'm horrible with technology. I'm good on my computer. I, I love my computer. It's like my my livelihood. It's my everything. But my phone, I don't like. I don't use emojis. I don't have a Bitmoji. I I have a lot of. I'm I'm terrible on social media. I I made an event one time and forgot to post it, and no one showed up to my event. I mean, it just I I don't. It's too much for me. I think I'm more analog than all this. And I think we try to keep it on the DL. We don't go too crazy. But we do have a smart TV. I mean, I watch a lot of television and shows and movies. And our TV, you know, the scene where um, there's the gas is coming out of the fireplace and she's in the bedroom and the TV is listening, that's because of my TV that has a speaker in the television and it says the craziest stuff. And (laughs) I'm just like, no, I'm not talking to you television. Like I find it offensive and you know, I don't use Siri. I don't, I mean, for me, there's definitely a, a line in the sand that I don't feel comfortable crossing. And, And I think when we started writing the episode, we, it was really weird too, because the craziest things would start happening to us. Like I would say, (laughs) I just got a phone call from myself. And everyone's like, what? I'm like, I don't even know. Like my phone was ringing and it said Shannon Hamlin calling me. What is that? And I'm freaking out. And so part of, you know, we all had these crazy experiences and I just think it became, we became so hyper aware of, of yeah. those things happening that it it definitely did not help me in feeling more comfortable with technology. Yeah, it's enough to make you want to put on a tin hat, yeah. right? <laughs> Just go hide in a hole. Totally. And I told my mom and I was like, "Listen, don't, you know, don't use your Bluetooth headphones all the time. Those are dangerous. Cancer gets in there." You know, I kind of sound like a conspiracy theorist. So yeah, right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're like all our thumbs are going to fall off from so much texting and carpal tunnel syndrome is right. 
Oh man. Get worse. And I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's crazy. So a couple of things that I actually reminded me of this episode were I kept thinking about the matrix, um, when I was watching it and, uh, the Terminator with like the machines coming to life and all Uh that. So were any of those things, were you into those things back in the day? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hundred percent. I love the matrix. I've never seen, I'm going to be honest, I'm like a purist. So I've never seen the second or third matrix, but I've seen the first one at least 10 times. I love it. Uh, I've definitely seen the Terminator again, a purist. I haven't seen the, the later ones, but yeah, I, I, I love it all. I, I, anything science fiction that has a, a grounded, intelligent possibility is fascinating to me. So did you go back and and watch any of the previous X-Files episodes like Ghost in the Machine to get ready for this one or did any of that influence you at all? You know, I didn't. I mean, I, when Glenn said, hey, do you want to be the writer's assistant on the X-Files? I was like, of course. And then I went back and started watching from the very beginning just to kind of be like, oh yeah, you know, because also just to be a good writer's assistant, I thought, oh, well, if something comes up that they've already done, I can, you know, alert them or whatever. I'm sh- they all know so much more than I do. So that, that wasn't, that was a little <laughs> silly, but, um, you know, I, uh, I did go back and watch a bunch, but not for this episode in particular. It had nothing to do with that because I knew this one was, was going to be different. It, you know, we weren't, um, extending the mythology we weren't again I didn't even have to write dialogue really for Mulder and Scully so I didn't really have to be super familiar with the way they speak or the way they they say things um so not in not relative to this episode but I did go back and watch a bunch of X-Files and I loved them again I still loved them (laughs) I was yes. like, they're so good. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, really. So um, how did that work? How did you actually, like, I was really curious about how that worked um, on the page. Like, how did you get the script on the page? And how did you guys convey the ideas to um, Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny about, was that, like, all Glenn directing or... How did how did all that play out? Well, the script is we shot it as it was written, you know. It we just wrote out the action. You know, mm-hmm. and and you know, quite frankly, there is a bit more dialogue. It's just the computers talking. You know, it's not them talking. There's a there there mm-hmm. is some you know, they make phone, he makes a phone call to Bigly Credit. So there's interaction, there's a communication between them. He has a conversation with his, you know, um, phone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When he's driving home to, to get it to play music and his, you know, um, her whips ride has a conversation with her. I mean, there, so there is actually some conversation going. It's just not between two human beings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the script yeah. is just written as it was shot pretty much. It's just the action of, of what they're doing as opposed to dialogue. That's so cool. So how did you guys come up with the names for all these like electronic stuff? I, I noticed there was a lot of these yeah. in the in the names. So how did you did you just sit around and brainstorm that together? How did that totally. work? Totally. I mean, that was just yeah. me and Kristen messing around and we would just <laughs> say, let's make sure that every one of these has a Z in it. I don't know why we just thought it was silly. So everything had a Z hives and it was just kind of that kitschy thing that, that companies do with names of companies. They just change it a little bit. Um, (laughs) I don't know. So, uh, yeah. And then I remember we had something else for the credit card company that was very just kind of standard and nothing that, um, creative and then obviously that didn't clear so it was we were on the tech scout and glenn and Kristen and i were just like yelling out a bunch of different possibilities for credit card companies and i think i think i was like bigly and we were like yes oh that my god <laughs> that was brilliant yeah. when you and Kristen were i mean you had to co-write so how did you divide up the the work on that did you each have your own set of scenes or did you kind of collaborate together on stuff how did like when you had your note cards up did you just pull off the note cards and go or how did that well yeah you know after we had worked out the story we both kind of went away and it was like you write this I'll write this you write this I'll write that and then you know we'll show it to Glenn and we'll you know see what he thinks and then we'll go from there but yeah you know we split it up so that we could get the work done um from you know we didn't have tons of time so we we uh felt that would be the most efficient way to kind of get through it and then bring it all together and and uh just put it together from our two separate cool. sections yeah 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 that's awesome so um, if you have time, we would love to ask you some questions from our fan page, our X-Files group on there. Um, Anna asked, um, I think we talked about this a little bit, but how tech savvy are you in real life? Um, I think you mentioned a little bit about your TV and all that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm afraid of the ATM, so I'm not yeah. <laughs> tech savvy. <laughs> I, whenever I go to work at an office and they're like, 
oh, um, oh, you just conference somebody in. I'm like, oh, I'm not conferencing anyone into anything. I can't conference anything. Don't ask me to do. No, I'm not. I, I, like I said, my computer, great. Anything else? My phone, an ATM machine, um, you know, anything else? I'm, I'm terrible. And um, Anna also wanted to know, are you a good tipper? <laughs> since Mulder is not such a great tipper in this episode. Well, you know, I think that that's an interesting question because it's, there's a lot that tips are in the United States of America. You know, it's, you, I was a waitress many years ago. And at the time I was a waitress, I was making $2.13 per hour. And so essentially my paycheck was nothing and all the money I made was dependent upon a tip. You know, the standard when I was a little girl, I remember my dad would hand me the check and say, okay, figure out the tip. It's 15% and I would have to figure out the tip 15% and that was standard. Now 20% is standard. Is it okay to not tip if somebody doesn't do a good job? You know, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks how else are they going to know that, you know, the tip is me thanking you for your service. On the other hand, they're not being paid a fair wage to be there in the first place. So it's this tip thing is is really... I don't know. There's something kind of messed up about it. You know, I went to a restaurant the other night and they just include a 20% tip. And they said this yeah. pays for healthcare for our waiters, um, our staff, this pays for, you know, it's, it's not even up to you to tip. I went to Thailand. They don't tip at all. You know, it's like it, this whole tipping thing is, is really, it's an American thing so that, companies don't have to pay their employees a fair wage. So mm -hmm. I definitely feel, especially having been a waiter and a bartender, I feel a very, very serious responsibility to tip well. But I also feel like, you know, 20% is when you've done an excellent job and 15% is when I got my food and it was fine and it was on time and whatever. So I don't, it's a tough one. I think it's a tough one. Right. Do you tip your Uber yeah. driver? You know, do you tip Lyft, yeah. Lyft driver? How much are they being paid? How much is the company taking? They're in their own car. I mean, it's so much to know. And I mean, I, I feel a responsibility to do the right thing. And sometimes I just don't know what that is. So I just right. end up tipping the 20%. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you feel about all that in relation to robots. Well, you know, and that's an interesting <laughs> thing too, because we talked about this and I was like, well, what if Mulder had gone in and said, Hey guys, I didn't order this blobfish. I ordered the Nigiri special. Maybe they would have said, sorry, Mulder, here is it. You know, sorry. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> What, right? Could they have maybe made it right? 
and given him the right food? I don't know. Is that part of what we're saying is like we need to be better teachers and, and try to teach the AI in a nice way? But you feel silly. It's like when he's in the car he, or uh, is it Scully when she's in the whips ride and she's like, who am I talking to? You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it is what you're saying computing or I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we talked about what how much he should tip them a lot. Yeah. You know, me and Kristen and Glenn and. You know, I was like, well, I think you should tip them something because her order was right. Yeah. But why are you tipping a a robot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was really there was a there was a lot of controversy just between us <laughs> in yeah. what it all meant, you know? I mean, Glenn is a great right. tipper. My boyfriend is an amazing tipper. I'm a pretty Good tip. I think I tip 20% unless somebody does something kind of crazy. And then I tip 15% still, which is the old Mm -hmm. standard. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about this. This episode was just like, you know, like you said about teaching the robots how to act and, and that kind of thing. And, I mean, even humans don't know how to act right all the time like we're still you know like how are we supposed to teach robots how to act when we can't even behave well and make the right decisions exactly I always tell my friend I'm like what what do you expect we're just barely one step above animals like barely when you look at the timeline (laughs) of the the existence of this planet and the species and we're just barely figuring things out that's why we're still doing stupid stuff and fighting over territory and religion you know we 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 don't we don't know what we're doing we're still a disaster (laughs) exactly (laughs) and so like what do you what do you think about the future like for how do do you have any ideas and thoughts about the future like are do you think AI is going to get ahead of us is it really going to turn into the robots coming back to destroy us all or I mean, it's a terrifying prospect, I guess, but it's either that or zombies, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know which is worse, um, zombies <laughs> or the AI nightmare. I hope not. I think some of the really evil things that AI can do, it a lot of it's being done, you know, with the um, Russian bots hacking the election. And you, you know, I remember when Instagram first came out, you could buy Instagram followers. And, you know, I've never been someone who was able to date online because I am an anxious person who's who's very afraid of that kind of thing and I was like who you never know who somebody is online they could be a psychopath like I don't I'm t- like Virgil Encanto yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah, it's terrifying it's like your flesh away exactly yeah. so I'm like I don't I mean again you know I read this article about what AI the real what are the real fears about 
AI taking over and, and what that could be. And I think it's possible. I just don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not that well versed in code and, and, and software and how all that stuff works to really understand the gravity of it. But I definitely believe that, you know, war games, when we were kids, I remember war games. Do you want to play a game? You know, and he's going to start a war and, you know, who knows? You just cannot put, we cannot put the responsibility of human life. Humans aren't even doing a good job of it. Why would we give it to machines? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, I think that you guys did a really excellent job in presenting those ideas in this episode because I definitely was frightened by it. Um, it's definitely gotten into my head. <laughs> Had a hard time sleeping after I watched it. Um, <laughs> Probably because you're not like, lie about that. what am I doing? How come? Well, you know, everyone's had an experience. And that was a lot that we tried to touch yeah. on was like, what are these experiences that that everyone has? And, you know, the scene where right after they run from the fireball at Scully's house, and Fox gets the call from Wendy, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I have to adjust my headset. Um, you know, <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I wish so much that that just played a little bit longer because everyone's gotten that call from the Orlando resorts, you know, and you're just like, yes. how'd you get my phone number? Why? I just think we really yes. tried to touch on all the things that would, I think, buy it again now is a scary one you know, with the rocket like a redhead, just tried to remind everyone, like, you know, you're complicit in this and just be careful what, yes, exactly. because a lot of times you think you're just getting a 10% discount on your next order, but really your data, your information is being sold and, and to who? And who has access to that? You know, I think recently a lot of people have gotten that call from the IRS that's not real, where it's like, we're going to come to your home and we're going to take you to jail. And, you know, for somebody who's maybe less savvy than me, and again, I'm not that savvy, but I know that that's bullshit. It's like, you know, that's a scary phone call to get, right. you know? I mean, I've had people call me and say, hey, um, we're going to give you this free $100 off of uh, a Walmart uh, card. And I'd say, well, and all we need is your credit card. We just charge it $1 for the shipping fee of the card. And I said, well, why don't you just give me the card for $99 and go ahead and take that dollar right out of my coupon card. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, that's not how it works. And I'm like, well, why not? You know, just talk to Walmart. <laughs> you, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, there's a lot going on that, that a lot of times we're too busy to acknowledge or realize or really pay attention to. And I mean, I just think we should all be a little bit more careful yeah. about who we're giving our info to. Well, they can't get what you don't give exactly. them. So we've got all these people feeding Facebook, every aspect of their lives and Twitter, every aspect of their lives. And, you know, I, I mean, even when 
my son was born five years ago, I was posting pictures of him on Facebook, and then uh, three years later, my daughter was born, I was like, mm, I'm not going to share any information about this. If you want anything, I'll text you. Like, I feel like, I mean, even that's probably not secure at all, but it's a little bit more than Facebook. Like, at least they can't get the marketing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and like how, what we've got a whole generation that's going to grow up with all their photos and everything and their lives posted on Facebook. And how is that going to shape our future generations? Like, how are my kids going to grow up with all these reminders coming up of, you know, how they were babies and born? And it's just, it's crazy to think about, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know that I have, a, a, I've never really been good at that, um, seeing too far in, in advance. But, I mean, my vision of the future isn't great, <laughs> it, it it's a little bit more scary than yeah. you know it's like those kinds of things where yeah and you're young you don't even realize the the consequences of that I remember my yeah. niece posted a photo of something and I remember calling her and saying you get that down right now <laughs> who what if you go for a job interview and it wasn't even that provocative but it was just on the on the border and I was like you know, some you go for a job interview, they can look at your Facebook profile. They're going to see yeah. what you're doing in these pictures with your friends. And, you know, I just, my Facebook profile is extremely private. Even on my profile picture, it's not even a photo of me. It's, you know, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. The I, I think about those kinds of things. And I, I just, I just wish we all would think more about that and less about what makes our super busy lives that maybe don't need to be that busy a little bit more convenient. So speaking of such, <laughs> now that we've talked about all this like creepy Facebook stuff, can where can we find you online? Are you online or has this given you second thoughts about being online? <laughs> God, am I online? Where can we find you um, if at all? You know, I, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, you post something on Facebook or Instagram. And for me, both my Instagram and my Facebook are, are private. And sometimes I post something like this and all the reviews have been so great. And it's just been so nice. And so I kind of, I post it. And I really don't have that many Facebook friends. I probably have like 300 Facebook friends. I have very few Instagram followers because I'm always like, well, who is that? I don't know. Should I look at the phone? Just get it. I don't care. And then I'm like, well, how come nobody liked my Facebook post? It's like it's so silly. But I, I just... Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really have a public persona. It's not something mm -hmm. I've really ever been comfortable with. I don't, um, I, I don't know that I ever will be. I, I love talking to people. I, I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm really proud of this. I'm just, I just feel a lot more comfortable being private in today's world. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's totally understandable. 
I don't know how that's, to be that's, a public figure. That's not something I can do, right? you know? I, yeah. I'm not a... Well, it's, it's difficult as a writer because, you know, you need to network and you need to get yourself out there. That's, that's one of the things that I've been struggling with since I became, you know, published authors. Like, I have to market myself now and put myself out there. But at the same time, I'm so introverted and I want to keep my kids safe. And like, it's, it's hard to find that balance between wanting to, you know, cause I mean, I literally have to sell myself cause it's my book that I wrote. So, you know, that's, that's been a tough struggle for me personally, but it is hard. Um, and they, yeah. they really, they expect that and they want that. And there are so many mm-hmm. people who are willing to do it. I wrote a novel as well. And I, and I uh, sent it out to a bunch of publishers and they were like, wow, this is really great, but we feel like this kind of book, you need to have an online persona. So we'd love it if you would start a blog and kind of start talking yeah. about this stuff. And I was like, no, I don't want an online persona. I don't, Exactly. I can't physically, emotionally, mentally, I cannot maintain that. I don't, you know, and I'm not even talking about like Justin Bieber shit, you know, I'm just talking about yeah. like daily posting. And I, I don't, I, I've posted maybe, I don't think I've ever posted a selfie. I mean, I just can't, I, it's just not my style. And so, yeah, it is hard for people like us who we just love the writing. We love the storytelling. We love being creative, but we don't want to be a public persona. And, you know, it's crazy. You have YouTube sensations who are talking about, you know, clothes or video games or tennis shoes. And those people have shows now. Mm -hmm. And, it's, it's just because they're, they're easy to market because they've already on their own developed a million followers. So there's a million people who's gonna, but that doesn't, I don't know. I I mean, look, the Kardashians did it. (laughs) I blame the Kardashians. (laughs) So what do you have coming up next? Is there anything you'd like to tell us about that you have in the works or? Oh my God. I wish, I mean, I, I wish I'm trying to have things in the works. Um, you know, the struggle is real, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I said, Glenn gave me an incredible opportunity. The X files was an incredible opportunity. Um, and you know, right now I'm just, working really hard and and writing and trying to create as much material as I can and content that is the stuff that I love, which is strong female leads who are intelligent and hardworking and who just are autonomous um, from any kind of, you know, other thing, whether it be a man or this or that, but just like human beings that happen to be women who are creative and intelligent and interesting. Well, we'll definitely be watching out for you in the future. I know you've 
got great things ahead of you for sure. Oh, thank um, you. We really appreciate you writing this episode for us. Uh, we, I, I can only speak for myself, but I'm sure, and I've heard lots of X-Files, PH Files, talk about how much they love this episode. And it's it was a really good, fun ride to be on. So thank you for for contributing to this and for um, giving us this awesome episode oh, to add to our, our watching experience. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're just, I mean, I couldn't be more thrilled um, to be a part of it. And I'm just so grateful. X-Files fans are, they're, they mean business. You can't mess around with a science fiction fan because it may be fiction, but that science part, that's that shit's got to be real. And they're not going to just like you know, just be like, they're not going to take anything. So I really appreciate the fans who were able to open up to something a little different and who, who enjoyed this episode and everybody who watched it. It was really, really fun. And I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. And thank you so much, Sarah, for talking to me and having me on your show. We appreciate your time. As always, you can find me on Twitter. I'm always around on Twitter at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-L-B-L-A-I-R. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you again, Shannon. We really appreciate your time. And until next time, trust no one. The X-Cast and X-Files podcast is produced and presented by Tony Black, alongside a dedicated group of podcasters and X-Files fans. You can find us on Twitter at the Xcast and on Facebook if you type in the Xcast or at our group X-Files Basement and Xcast Podcast Fan Group where you can continue the discussion about all things Mulder and Scully. If you want to support the Xcast further, you can now subscribe and become a patron of the show on Patreon. On Google, just type patreon.com forward slash the Xcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You'll see all of our tiers, subscription options and perks, which include early access to episodes, bonus content such as commentaries on X-Files episodes, access to a patron chat zone, and even appearing on one of our patron roundtable discussions. We would appreciate any support you can give the show, so just go to patreon.com forward slash the Xcast to find out more. Our title music is provided courtesy of Will A, who you can find on Twitter I am Will A-Y-E. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.